Good morning and welcome back to Driving Theology. G, 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 G. Uh, this is Mike and I will be your host for the next few minutes. If I can get this thing set up the way I want. Let me see. Bear with me, please. I should have it right where I need it in just a second. All right, are we recording? Well, yep, welcome back to Driving Theology. Uh, I am off my usual routine this morning. Uh, because I am way ahead of schedule, I had to, to uh, take my daughter somewhere this morning. So she got me out of the house way earlier than I'm used to. <coughs> so it's about the same time I usually start my recording, but I'm really almost to my destination already. Uh, just stopped for a little pit stop at 7-Eleven and back on the road. Well, uh, it's been an interesting week. Um, we had a, uh, a girl uh, get baptized recently that... Uh, I guess I'm associated with, at least loosely. Um, the funny thing is, she's kind of reached through campus ministry. Um, but in order to be baptized in a local church building, she ended up taking what they call, I guess, baptism lessons, or I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But she ended up going through that process uh, with the church. And it's the church that I used to attend back in the day. Um, church that my wife and I uh, worshipped at and worked with for about 18 years. In various ministries. And, and uh, it's eventually the church that we ended up leaving institutional church from. Like we've, we've gone uh, into more free or organic or, you know, whatever you want to call it, housey, housey church. Since that time, that's been almost four years. We're, we're creeping up on four years now, just a month or two or three. And it will have been four years since we left the institutional church. But being back there, you know, we've gone back, you know, occasionally over the last four years just to say hello. They're still, you know, just a half hour away from our house or whatever. And uh, anyway, the, for, for really many reasons, she ended up being baptized at that church. And one of the reasons is she was more or less reached by her boyfriend, the guy who is her boyfriend now. But he was baptized maybe a year ago, and then now she, she has been baptized. And so they've been growing together uh, in this Christian walk. Um, <clears throat> but being back around a church building and going through this process they've been going through to get ready for this baptism man it just reiterates uh, all of the good reasons why we stepped away from that um, there's just there's just so much politics and politicking and, and, and pettiness and, and just so much has to go on 
uh, that seems to be so far from the heart of Jesus, you know. Uh, people, people wanting their own way, for example, or, or uh, making decisions based on convenience, uh, and not, and not people, right? So, I think, I think, you know that your church is going the wrong direction when, when people's. Uh, start making decisions based on what's best for themselves and not what's best for the other or for others. Um, and I think conversely, you know, when Jesus is, is uh, permeating his church, when everybody's making decisions based on what's best for others, right? What's best for the other people. And, it, and, and, and are willing to make sacrifices themselves. I think that's the, the surefire way to know that Jesus' love uh, has uh, positively infected or been injected into his body uh, is that they are making self-sacrifice uh, decisions. And when that doesn't go that direction, uh, then you know, yeah, they're 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 not in the best place they could be. And I think I know that sounds simple, um, but it's pretty easy to recognize. You'll you'll know it when you see it, kind of thing. You know, uh, really not difficult to recognize when that's happening in a group, when that's happening in your family. Uh, when that's happening, uh, especially at a church, it's pretty easy to see because, uh, and the bigger the church, I think the easier it is to see, uh, that there's always somebody being marginalized. There's always the majority against the minority. And in a perfect world and in a perfect church, it's the minority who's always being looked after and it's the majority who are willing to sacrifice their power as the majority to take care of the minority. Uh, I remember hearing a, a, a trite little, a trite little um, saying, people would say, uh, me plus God equals a majority or something like this. I don't remember what it was. But just God by himself is a majority. I mean, all the power in the universe is in his hands. Now he doesn't wield it as such. He gives he gives men and mankind an amazing amount of freedom and power. Uh, in that we have choices, right? We have the ability to do good and the ability to do bad, uh, and that, in a sense, is is power that we are given. But. You know, Jesus by himself, God by himself is a majority. Uh, and yet, he does not, he does not make decisions based on what's best for him. His decisions are made on what's best for us. 
that's just the kind of God he is. And if you question it, just look at the cross. Just look at the cross. Um, and I don't know how much of this I'm going to be rehashing. I, I, maybe this is just the place I'm at. So maybe maybe there'll be some nuances that I that I uh, uh, come across as I as I talk about this. But I, I just don't know how to. I don't think you can overestimate the importance of knowing just who God is. I just don't think you can. Uh, if you know God for who, if you know God for who He really is, uh, to me that is salvation. That is where we receive the transformation uh, to become more like Christ. To become, to become uh, more human, to be, to, to finally find our humanness that God designed us to be in the first place. Um, knowing who God is takes away any questions of His, of Him making uh, unrighteous or unmerciful decisions takes away the possibility of, of calling God a murderer or accusing God of doing anything that is not pure love. Now, how people have gotten around this in the past is, uh, and, and myself included, is that, you know, I would say, well, we don't know the big picture. What looks like hate to us here uh, when it, when it, when we step back and when we can finally see all that God's been doing, we'll see that it was actually love. And you know, I'm not saying that that's a completely wrong. You know that 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 that. Uh, I'm not saying that that is. I'm not saying that's completely wrong. Okay, uh, because of our perceptions, I think our perceptions are so flawed that. Uh, sometimes we may be looking at love but perceive it to be hate. Sometimes. But there are too many obvious cases. Uh, and I don't believe God is a person uh, or, or a being who goes around saying the end justifies the means. I don't think he would ever cause humans uh, suffering just because of something he's doing in the end. Uh, now what I do think is that God is such an amazing God that even though suffering happens, that he doesn't instigate and he doesn't will. The only suffering I would say he ever willed uh, was, was his own suffering on the cross. Uh, and that's, again, that tells you exactly who God is. The rest of the suffering that's in the world is caused by mankind and his unwillingness uh, to submit himself to the will of God. And Jesus being the uh, the, the non-controlling God that he is, has always allowed uh, us to, to go the direction that we think is best. And that has caused our suffering. When we think we know better than God, that has caused all of the suffering in the world. 
And even, even worse, when we think that God has lied to us, or God has deceived us, uh, as, it, as Adam and Eve uh, were deceived into thinking that God was deceiving them. Uh, God allows that to happen because he knows that, that once we've gone down that dark road, the only path back is suffering. And so, even though he doesn't cause the suffering, he knows that once we've gone down that dark road, suffering is the only path back to restoring uh, the true image of God in our minds. Restoring exactly who God is uh, in all his goodness uh, and perfection. Uh, and that's, that's the world we created. God created a perfect world that when we allowed him uh, to, to be in charge would have been perfect, I believe. Uh, nothing ever would have gone wrong with it. But when mankind decided that we could do better and that we knew best... that happened, we received a world that has certain laws, and those laws, I think if you could boil them all down, is that the wages of sin is death, uh, which is what I believe Paul said. So, sin coming into the world created the system of suffering and death, but without sin, that that system did not exist, but that's the system that we chose over God. Uh, and that that system, one of the vehicles that, that I believe propels that system, uh, is this idea of hyper-justice, uh, which uh, is also called karma, right? Uh, made famous by the, the saying, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? So we have this system uh, of justice that we have inherited um, that wasn't the original way that God intended for his creation to operate. But God being the, I know people don't like me saying this, but I, I believe God is submissive. The reason he wants us to submit one to another is because that reflects his nature. He submits to us. He doesn't force us to do anything. He submits to our choices, all the while trying to, to woo us and to convince us and to influence us to make better choices. He allows us to be sovereign over our own choices. And he loves us so much that he's going to make all of that work out in the end. But it doesn't mean he, he caused it, right? The cause is fully on uh, on us. We, we chose to be deceived. We allowed ourselves to be deceived. Um, and, and put into this system of hyper-justice or karma or whatever you want to call it.
and to me that that doesn't that doesn't bring God down to our level the fact that he is submissive to me that raises him so so far above to know that that he's I think he can be saddened by our decisions but he is so committed to us that he's going to do whatever it takes to convince us that he is completely love and nothing else and that that love will transform us more into the likeness of his son Jesus uh, over time. You know, I think it's something that happens over time and and uh, I've certainly seen it um, working in my life. Um, trying to what it does is instills an incredible amount of peace into your life. And, and my life is by no means uh, peaceful. Not completely. Uh, but I do see it having an effect in my life. That, that peace is coming in because I now know uh, more about who God truly is. To me, that knowledge, knowledge of who Jesus is, is what salvation is. Knowledge that, that God will do nothing, will stop at nothing to save us. To me, that is salvation. Knowing that he has, he has given up his own life to save us. Um, it's sort of like a free ride, a free ticket. You know, you... We receive salvation um, by really doing nothing. You know, all we have to do is eventually get it. We, we just have to eventually understand who God really is. And I think for those that are able to take that journey and, and reach that destination in this life, I think they bring, they bring healing, uh, they bring healing and alleviate suffering uh, to others in this life. Okay? So, that's and that's what we call the kingdom of God. Right? So when you get to a place where you understand that your purpose on earth is to bring the kingdom of God, which is the healing and the the, the repairing and the fixing of all that's gone wrong on the earth, for you to take that on yourself. You partner with God in, in His vocation, right? Uh, you, you become an agent of the kingdom of God. Uh, and there is no higher calling than that. Now, for those of us that, again, that we, we reach the kingdom of God and, and start working in the kingdom of God in this life, I think we're all the happier and not 
not just that we are, are happy, but that we are able to bring that happiness and blessings to other, that they can they can achieve that in this life, I think is a I think there's great advantage to that. Um I think uh alleviating suffering is what God does best. That's what Jesus does best. That's I think that's that's how he sees uh his calling for us now that that we are in the fall that we have we have been corrupted by sin the world has has been under this curse of sin and death uh, Jesus's mission was to alleviate suffering and to bring peace uh, and reconciliation uh, between men uh, and between God and man and I think between man and the earth and again I know I'm rehashing some of this um, but it's something that's really close to my heart. Uh, and, you know, I, I no longer think that that some, suddenly when, when Jesus died on the cross, that some magic went out into the universe and, and suddenly sin was forgiven, that there was something that was uh, physical that changed. I don't think God changed. I think, I think God has always been a forgiving, loving God. I think... Um, we've misunderstood him grossly uh, and the cross is his you know if you will uh, pounding on the table or or you know him trying to make the point uh, all at once uh, that you don't understand I'm not angry I'm not uh, you know I'm not a killer. I'm I'm not wrathful in the way that you think of wrathful. I'm not uh, I'm not hateful. I don't hate any of you. In fact, God has never hated anything or anyone in His life. But what He does do is He loves us completely, right where we need it, uh, and that that love. And understanding that he is love I believe is salvation itself uh, it's not you know when, when we get baptized and we uh, you know we follow Jesus symbolically in death burial and resurrection it, I, I still I don't believe it's a magical washing away of sins that happens it's this realization that God did this for me. He endured, endured this amazing suffering. That's who God is. God is self-sacrificial. Right? He's completely unselfish. He's completely selfless. And his steadfast love endures forever it was it was from the beginning of time and it will be uh, past uh, and go into eternity uh, past past judgment uh, his love is complete and it's always been there so when the cross happened it didn't change anything what it did hopefully and what it's doing is opening our eyes to who God really is and accepting him for who he is will transform you 
into a better person. Knowing, knowing just how far he's willing to go for us. I know that sounds a little hippie and a little uh, wishy-washy, and it's not like we like you know we don't we don't really trust things like that. We want a formula. We want to you know follow A and then follow B and then follow C and follow D, and that's going to equal E, uh, which is eternity. And uh, you know that's kind of how we we want it. We want to know that we've ticked off the right boxes. So okay, I. I uh, I've confessed my sins. I've, I've repented of my formal, former life. Uh, I read the Bible. I pray. Uh, I've been baptized, uh, and I go to church. And if I can do those five things, then I'm good with God. But the problem is, there are tons of people who do those five things, who are not transformed at all. They, they continue to be the same person they were before while just doing a few different habits. Transformation doesn't come in a, in a five-step or a 12-step program. Transformation comes through the receiving of the love of God. And that love, we have already been given it. It's already out there. So for us, we just need to to recognize it for what it is. Uh, and I and I think far from allowing you to just say that, okay, well, okay, so I believe Jesus did for this that He forgave me of my sins. I believe it. So now I'm going to go on, you know, doing all this bad stuff because it doesn't matter what I do. God has saved me anyway. Well, you know, there may be some people that assume that that's what happens. But I would say if anybody says that, uh, they really haven't recognized the salvation of Jesus. They haven't recognized it for what it is. Because once you recognize it for what it is, it will transform you. Maybe not in a day. Maybe not in a year, maybe not even 10 years. I guess it depends uh, how much we give into it, how much we live into it, and how much we lean into it. But the point isn't just to get to salvation. Salvation is a way that we begin to partner with God in His kingdom, bringing His will to earth as it is in heaven. And His will is that we are alleviated of suffering. We should, we should be trying to go from suffering or to take people from suffering to peace. And I don't think it can happen completely in this life. You know, what is, what is complete anyway? You know, it's, it's kind of a, an abstract term. Um, but we can alleviate suffering. We, we, can, we can help people in their suffering. And in so doing, we will suffer. But there is suffering that is of value. And there is suffering that is 
of no value whatsoever. Some suffering um, is just needless. For example, for you to sit there and suffer as to whether God loves you or not, that has no value. Your guilt has no value, I don't think. Um, until you have gotten out of that guilt and realized that, that Jesus loves you unconditionally no matter what you have done, uh, at that point you can, you can begin to live in peace. And I think bring that peace to other people and help other people find true peace. Um, but ironically, because of sin, I think we all have to go through this gauntlet of death. Uh, sorry, gauntlet of, well, death and this gauntlet of guilt. Um, that's, that's the system we chose. And so I, I think guilt is always going to be a part of our journey. It's going to be a part of our journey. But some people and most people live with some kind of crippling guilt and regret at one, uh, at, at some time in their life. Right? At, at one point in their lives, one point or another, one time or another, they will be dealing with some kind of crippling regret and guilt and remorse. Um, the only value, I guess, that that has is that maybe it will eventually help you see that it's futile. Uh, that in feeling guilty, you get nowhere. That it, that it has no positive effect on you. And that hopefully you will leave it behind <coughs> and cling on to to Jesus and go and go past that. Um, well, I'm going to have to wrap this up here pretty quick. Um, my class is going to start in a bit. I actually need to hydrate a little bit. Sorry, I'm going to open up this uh, soda water. Um, yeah. So, there it is. Um, a little rambling today. At this point, I can't even remember where I started from. <laughs> or how I got to where I got to. But, uh... Yeah, I just hope that, you know, there's something that I, that I said today that will uh, speak to you and that you'll chew on and think about. And I, I don't pretend to have the answers. Um, completely. I just... I just... All I can say about myself is that, that I, I am intentionally on this road to figure out just who God is um, and not just to know it but to 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 have it um, transform my life and my life is in need of transforming like like everyone else's and uh, you know as as a believer I, I hope you believe it's possible that you can be transformed that even if you've been living this life for you know this Christian life for 20, 30, 40, 50 years even 60 years and yet you still think you are imprisoned in yourself that you have not really changed um, 
I hope you still believe it's possible. Uh, I think that's that's super important to finding uh, some comfort and rest from your suffering. And as I talked about last week, you know, Jesus, Jesus is that rest. You know, our rest is Jesus. He is our Sabbath uh, because He allows us to rest from from works, from trying to please Him through what we do. He is our rest from that. But you know, we just don't. We're not only looking to have our own suffering lessened, but to be able to bring that healing and rest to others uh, in Jesus' name uh, to people who need it in the world. And in desiring to bring relief to other people, I think that's, that's when we know that, that we have, we're getting in touch with the heart of the heart of God the heart of our Creator, that that is His nature. Um, all right, you guys have a good day, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.